Good morning, Carolina family, partners, and friends. Um, if you have your Bibles, please take your Bibles out. And, and while you're getting your Bibles out, let's pray. Father, I thank you for this moment to break open your word. Now, God, use me as your microphone. Let your people hear your words and your voice when they hear mine. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Turn with me to the book of 1 John. 1 John is in the New Testament toward the back. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. And it reads, I'm reading to you from the New King James Version, and it reads as following. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. I want to talk to you today as we continue our four-letter word series from the subject, by Felicia. Now the phrase, by Felicia, comes from a scene in the comedy film Friday. According to Ice Cube, who starred in the film and co-wrote its script, hey. by Felicia by is Felicia. the phrase to get anyone out of your face. And it was used in the Friday scene, and it's generally intended to be used as a dismissive send-off. So when you want to get somebody that's getting on your nerves out of your face, you tell them, eh. Bye, Felicia. We want to be free from the weight of fear. Imagine living a life that isn't shackled with fear. Fear. What comes to your mind when you hear that word? Is it the body's physiological response of flight, fight, or freeze? Is it the mental uh, gymnastics that we play with false evidence appearing real? See, there are some people who wrestle with fear. There's some people overcome by it. There are some who discount it. And there are even some who do not believe that fear is real. The only place that fear can exist is in our thoughts of the future. It is a product of our imagination causing us to fear things that do not at present and may not ever exist. That is near insanity, Katar. Now, do not misunderstand me. Danger is very real, but fear is a choice. This was a scene from After Earth, the movie featuring Will Smith and Jaden Smith. And Will's character is speaking to his son, Jaden, who has crashed on a hostile planet. And he tells him, Fear is not real, but danger is. While his speech makes for good theater, I argue the contrary to that premise. Now, before we get to my counter of it, let's define some things. Fear is defined as a distressing emotion aroused by impending danger, evil, pain, etc., whether the threat is real or imagined. And phobia, which comes from the word phobos, which is the Greek word for fear that's in our text today, is in an intense, persistent, irrational fear of a specific object, animal, activity, situation, or person that manifests in physical symptoms such as sweating, trembling, rapid heartbeat, shortness of breath, and that motivates an avoidance behavior. Now, there's some pretty popular phobias that we've heard of and we know about, and a couple of obscure ones. Here's one. Aerophobia, which is the fear of flying. Ophidiophobia, it's the fear of snakes. Arachnophobia, ugh, which is the fear of spiders. Some of y'all won't go to the beach because you have hydrophobia, which is the fear of water. 
Some of us won't ride on roller coasters anymore because we have acrophobia, which is fear of heights. You need a nightlight on because you have noctophobia, fear of the dark. Agoraphobia is the fear of crowds or open spaces. And its flip side is claustrophobia, which is fear of enclosed or tight spaces. Too many of us have achievementphobia, which is the fear of success. But my favorite, my absolute favorite, is hippopotamonstraesquidaliophobia, which is the fear of long words. I clearly do not have that phobia. Listen, it's heroic to say that emotions aren't real, uh, but that would deny a legitimate part of who you are as a person. You are a spiritual, physical, mental, and emotional being. Now, yes, fear is based on possibilities and either what has happened or what may happen, but it is still real. Phobias come about when the emotion that you feel gets rooted in your mind and manifests in your body. So let me give you, let me give you a couple things about fear. Number one, fear is real. We have to acknowledge that we are created with the capacity and intentionality to feel our emotions. Two, fear is rooted. We recognize that fear is rooted in what we believe to be true. What we believe has or will happen is the soil that fear gets rooted in. Fear is also relative. What terrifies one person doesn't phase the next person at all. Fears are often unique in their genesis and gestation and how they develop within a person. But in this sermonic presentation, I have one point, and I would like to present that, that point to you right now. And that is, fear is also removable because perfect love casts out fear. So let's start with what fear does to you. Fear will make you doubt. If you turn to Matthew chapter 14, verse 26, and I'll give you the context, Jesus has sent his disciples across the Sea of Galilee, and he sent them on before him. It's night, it's dark, he's alone on the mountain praying, and then he goes across the, the Sea of Galilee to reach them. We read in Matthew 14, 26, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a ghost, and they cried out for fear. See, when fear creeps in, you will doubt what you see, you'll doubt what you know, you'll doubt what you can do, and sometimes you will even begin to doubt what God has said. Doubt is when the what-ifs outweigh the what-is's, and when the what-ifs outweigh the what-could-be's. See, you haven't started writing that book yet because of the what-ifs. You haven't applied for that job yet because of the what-ifs. Some of you have not obeyed the voice of God because you're still wrestling with the what ifs. While you're waiting to run your race, you're playing out all these scenarios in your head. What if I injure myself? What if I pull a hamstring? What if I'm not fast enough? What if I, uh, what, what if I lose? What if this isn't the race God wants me to run? What if God forgets about me? What if my past catches up with me? Listen, fear if left unchecked, will make you doubt. But fear will also make you drown. If we keep reading in that same text in Matthew chapter 14, Peter, that, that Peter's my favorite disciple because he's always the first one to speak up and the first one to step out. 
And so when he recognizes, he gets past the fear of doubt that this was a ghost because they believed that spirits could actually be manifested and appear to their families and friends. So this wasn't some abstract thought. This was common, a common thought in the first century in Palestine. But when Peter got past that doubt, he said, Master, if it's you, bid me to come to you. When he got past believing and doubting that that was really Jesus, he then said, Jesus, call to me. And then he jumped out the boat and he walked on the water. But then he took his eyes off of Jesus and he put his eyes on his surroundings. When he saw, the Bible says, when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Listen, fear will make you drown. Now, drowning is when the situation or the environment you are in gets into you and you can't function like you should. Let me say that for you again. Drowning is when the environment or the situation that you are in gets into you. See, when you drown in water, water fills up your lungs and your lungs are unable to exchange oxygen for carbon dioxide. That breathing process is what keeps you alive. But when the, the fluid or the system or the environment that you in, you're in fills up your lungs, your lungs are unable to do what they're supposed to do. So let's look at that from a spiritual perspective. When your breath or your ruach is cut off because what you used to breathe has been filled up, you will drown. See, when the problems and the issues and the circumstances get into your spirit and they fill up your spiritual lungs and you can't breathe and you can't inhale and exhale, you drown. When you look at all that is going on around you, it can overwhelm you and you literally become consumed by the circumstances. When you are afraid that your bills will outrun your money, when you are afraid for your kids going to and from school, when you are afraid that your marriage is going to hit a dead spot, when you are afraid that the debt in your life will overwhelm you and suffocate you, when you are afraid that the race relations that you are experiencing in this uneasy times will overwhelm you, when you are afraid that your work is unsecure that you can't have, you don't know if you're going to have a job next week. When you are afraid that the politics that are sweeping this land will overtake you. When you are afraid that the coronavirus will catch up to you. When you're afraid of not having enough. Listen, believers, I want you to know that fear will make you drown. That's why we got to say bye, Felicia. Fear will also make you disappear. It'll make you doubt. It'll make you drown, but it'll also make you disappear. So I know you're an Old Testament crowd. So let's go back to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter three, and let me set the scene. Adam and Eve are in the garden. They have a perfect life. He got one boo, she got one bay, and it's just them. They get to name the animals. The animals come up to them, talk to them, walk. They have a full garden. They have one rule. Do not eat from the tree in the middle of the garden. And what do they do? They do exactly what you and I would have done. They went to that tree and they ate from it. The Bible says, and as soon as they ate from it, their eyes were opened and they realized they were naked and they sold fig leaves to cover themselves. Let me put a pen and park here for a second. I don't know if there's just y'all two, why y'all, what are y'all ashamed of? You don't have anybody else to compare yourself to anyway. I digress. So they covered themselves with a fig leaf. And then Genesis chapter three, verse 10 says, so he, and he is Adam says, 
because the Lord has called out to him, Adam, where are you? They had such a great relationship with the Lord that he came down to walk with them. Adam said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Fear will also make you disappear. It will make you cover up and conceal. It will have you be absent from a divine encounter designed just for you. Now in your hiding and in your disappearing, you're not disappearing from God. You're only hiding from accountability, which is necessary for forgiveness and restoration. See, God knows where you are. Fear of failing or fear of failure will cause us to choose flight and we will make ourselves unavailable for the people who need us the most. Adam says he hid because he was naked. Yet verse seven of our text says, when they saw that they were naked, they made fig leaves to cover themselves. So they weren't hiding because they were naked. They were hiding because they were guilty. Fear of consequence or punishment along with our fear of disappointing and letting down those people important to us will make us vanish. And in vanishing, we miss the opportunity to repent and reconnect. We miss the opportunity for relationship. So now would be a good time for me to restate my point. Fear is removable because perfect love casts out fear. Fear is removable because perfect love casts out fear. So there's only one answer to the fear that will inevitably pop up in our lives, and that's perfect love. But what is perfect love? This brings us to our text. We see in our pericope in 1 John chapter 4, verse 8 and 16, that God is love. The Greek word for love here is agape, and it means self-sacrificing love. Now, there are other words for love. There's eros, which is sexual love. There's philios, which is brotherly love. There's storge, which is family love. But we're talking about agape, self-sacrificing love. And so if you go to the text that we read today, in our text, we see that there is no fear in sacrificial love. But perfect love. Now, the perfect, the word, the Greek word for perfect in this tense is teleia which means complete, fulfilled, or has reached its end. There is only one who is the complete expression of love for God so loved the world. There is only one who is the fulfillment of every aspect of love. No greater love hath a man than he laid down his life for a friend. That one is God. God is perfect love. Now the Greek word for cast is balo, and it means to throw or let go of a thing without caring where it falls. It's in the imperfect tense in our text, so it means perfect love has already and is continuing to cast out fear. Listen, y'all, listen, y'all. Perfect love has already and is continuing to cast out fear. God has always been the one who drives out fear, who casts out fear. For what causes you to doubt, God can throw it out. What causes you to drown, God can make sure it's not around. What makes you want to disappear, God can get it out of here. Listen, God is the one who drives out fear. The text says God casts it out because fear involves torment or punishment or consequence. God casts out fear because when we trust him, we don't have to worry about torment. We don't have to worry about punishment or consequences. Now, let me pause here for a second. 
When I say we don't have to worry about consequences, I don't mean that we don't have to face consequences for some of our actions. But I do mean that all things work together for the good of them who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. We don't have to have fear about our forever and our eternal consequences. If we have trusted the Lord Jesus Christ, we don't have to feel fear hell or torment. We will have trials. Listen, y'all, we're going to have tribulations. We're going to have troubles, but we don't have to fear them because we have him. We have perfect love. Now, our text says also that if we live in fear, we haven't been made perfect in love. We haven't been made complete or fully mature in God yet. So in this, in this part of the verse, we have the same word perfect, but we have a different tense. The tense here means in the act of being completed. Teleia meant complete. Um, teleteoye means in the act of being completed. See, we're reminded that we're not where God is yet. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We will never measure up to him. But the good news is, is that while we're being completed and while we're being matured and while we are growing and while we are being transformed and while our lives are being impacted, he is still casting out fear for you and I. Now, I've told you what fear does to us. I told you what God does to fear. So what do you have to do now? Number one, love God. Love God with your whole heart. Verse 19 says, we love him because he first loved us. We can see the depth of his love by the willingness he, he demonstrated in giving up his only son. So we got to love God with a whole heart, but we also got to love our brother. Verse 12 and verse 21 in the surrounding verses of our text tell us that when we love our brother, the love of God is perfected in us. And if we, we say we love God, but we don't love our brother, we are liars. We are liars. How can you love the person you have never in your life seen, but you can't love the people you live in the same house with? Come on, y'all. That don't make sense. So how do we love God? We love him nice and slow. I love acronyms, y'all. Slow. Spend time. Got to spend time with God. Listen to God. We got to obey God. And then we got to worship God. Let me tell you what gets your heart ready to obey. That gets, let me tell you what gets his heart ready to give. It's worship, y'all. So slow. Spend time. Listen. Obey. And worship. So first, you got to love God. Second, you got to let God have your fear. Listen, how long are you going to carry that brick in your bag? You can worry. You can worry about everything or you can give everything over to God and let him let him handle it. Let him deal with it. Let him stay up all night. You worried about the bills and whether the bills are going to get paid. And so you don't sleep at night. But while you're laying in the bed, not sleeping, are the bills getting paid? No, all you're doing is missing sleep. You haven't made no money. So go to sleep, get you some rest. Maybe tomorrow you have a fresh idea or you'll get a fresh revelation from God. Listen, we have to let God have our fear. We hold on to all the wrong things. We are to feel fear because God made us emotional creatures, but we can't let fear overtake us. And when fear becomes a guide, we got to give it back to God. All right, so we got to love God. That's one. 
Two, we got to let God. Number three, we got to leave God. Room to reconfigure your thoughts, mindsets, and understanding about things. All right, y'all. So have you ever... Have you ever had somebody who says, listen, I, I want, I want to bring somebody in to have them decorate, redecorate my house. And so I want to, I want to go through and change some things. And they're walking with the person and the decorator's like, listen, we need to change all of this. And they say, nah, I want to keep that. We're good. We need to get rid of this table. Nah, nah, I like that table. That's my favorite table. Nah, we're not doing that. We need to change this color. Nah, I don't really like that color. That's what many of us do with God. God, search me, God, come in and, and change my life and do what you want to do. Well, I want you to stop doing this. Well, no, I can't really let that go, God, because I've been doing that all my life. I don't really know how to really live with it. And all my relationships have been built. Well, I need you to let go of that. Yeah, but that's my favorite thing, God. I can't let that go. Um, But all the stuff I don't want, God, you can have. No, God wants you to give him room, leave room for him to come in and do things and switch things around and take some things out, throw some things in the trash. God needs to do some cleaning in our lives. And we got to leave him room to do that. Listen, y'all, that's it. I only had one point. I know that fear is real. I know that fear is rooted. I know that fear is relative. But fear is removable. Why? Because perfect love casts out fear. Fear is removable. Why? Because God throws away our fear. So let's say it all together. I'm going to give you all a countdown. One, two, three. Bye, fear, Alicia. We saying bye-bye. We dismissing fear. We're not, we not carrying that over with us another day after today. Everything that is bringing us fear, everything that is keeping us fearful, we saying goodbye to it. Fear about my job, fear about my health, fear about the virus, fear about my children, fear about my future. Bye. Bye, fear, Alicia.